0: Hey everyone, welcome to a journey of personal growth podcast. I'm so pleased you joined me today because we have Jess as a guest. She's a life coach and creator of Unleash Your Extraordinary, which is a group coaching program which builds confidence and resilience in her clients. She's based out of London. She has an amazing story. I'm super pumped for this. I think you'll enjoy it. Let's get into it. All right, guys, we're welcoming Jess to the show. I'm more than happy that you've joined us today. For those who don't know who you are, maybe you could explain a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, You know what kind of started down this path of your uh, your coaching career. Yeah, of
1: course. Well, first, thank you so much for having me on. This is awesome, and I'm sure we're going to have a great conversation, so I'm very excited. Um, a bit about me. So I'm currently speaking to you from London. I, From my accent, you might be able to tell that I'm from the U.K., and um I'm actually in a town slightly south of London called Guildford. And um yeah, this is kind of where I was born and raised before growing up to then spend some time working in San Francisco. Prior to that, working in London and very much always a product background, um, which kicked off really from, gosh, like the age of 15 when I had the idea for the business that I ended up starting at 19 which was a video game swapping website. I used to play so many video games and just used to swap them with everybody that I could come into contact with and one day thought, what if I could do this with everyone in the UK? So started that business and that led me into product management and very much is what, after many years of working in that, both in London and, and San Francisco in a range of gaming through to digital medicine industries, is what really led me to the work that I do now, which is called Unleash Your Extraordinary. And that's a group coaching program, as well as sometimes an in-person workshop. If I kind of go and gather a group together or work with teams, which is all about applying a product mindset to our personal growth. So really looking at everything I learned from taking an idea and making it making it happen with products, to the concept of well, hang on, what if we could do that to ourselves? What if we could create or build ourselves like we do successful products? And so that's a, that's sort of the inspiration but also grounding of um, my coaching work and the concept of Unleash Extraordinary
0: and okay so you, you mentioned that you you know this is you've had that I guess you've got like that growth mindset since a young age so if you don't mind me asking like how old are you now
1: sure yeah no I'm 28 now
0: 28 so it's okay yeah um, and you mentioned San Francisco so you've actually you've been around you've traveled a few places like, <laughs> did you live there
1: Yes, yeah I did. I lived there for two and a half years and moved back um gosh now last year to ultimately start Unleash Extraordinary. And at the time when I took the leap to leave my role out there which was also my visa, hence the coming back home and sort of building a base here in in Guildford and and a little bit in London. Um yeah, I really sort of left that role having no idea what was next, which is inspired by a wake up call that I'm sure will go a bit deeper into, or we could sort of dive into right now, which I just didn't see coming, and it really, yeah, literally sort of taught me why things like that are called wake up calls. It just reawoken the ambitious side of me, and and almost took me to this perspective of just really questioning what I was spending my time on. Was I really happy doing what I was doing? Did I feel like it was giving me everything I wanted? And also, did I feel like I was giving everything I could give? And in short, the answer to those questions in that role at the time were no. And so I, I quit having, yeah, no idea what was next, but just kind of follow, following this inner voice. And from there, from a long period of sort of self-reflection and, and really diving deep to ultimately think about what the future I wanted to create looked like, what that life could look like, came this concept of partnering my like thread that has always been there of wanting to help people be their best self in some shape or form, all the way back to like when I used to go and speak at schools as a young entrepreneur through to sort of coaching that I would naturally do with fellow product managers to then this this wake up call and really this lesson that it taught me, which is that life is short and fragile and we can't sort of take a moment to not be doing what we love. And, and yeah, and wanting to help other people learn that, I guess, and put that into practice without having to have their own wake up call. So, um, yeah, I was in San Francisco for about two and a half years before having to sadly leave to pursue something bigger. So it feels, that's the sort of thing, I say sadly because I loved San Francisco, like I absolutely loved the city, but I was so ready to leave to sort of jump into this new adventure, which has eased my pain of not living in the city that I love um, a little bit.
0: That's really, really cool. And the thing that I like you said, I feel like there's a story here, like there's a deeper meaning is the the wake-up call. So. I have a feeling that you literally woke up one day and you made a decision. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know.
1: No, I think um, I think you're very right. And it was really the waking up was something that actually was imposed on me, shall we say? Like I, I wish I could say that it was just me waking up one morning and sort of having this huge epiphany, but um, it actually sort of came through quite a negative experience, which is that in the start of 2016, so in in the January, um, early January, I was diagnosed with a life-threatening and ultra-rare blood disease, absolutely out of nowhere. And I was the healthiest I'd ever been. I was back visiting for Christmas at that time, and we had the company that I worked for I had an office here in London, so we could always be quite fortunate to you know spend a decent chunk of time at home over Christmas because we could go visit those guys. And so I was here in the January still. And yeah, it really was this kind of out of nowhere experience where just by going for quite a routine blood check on some like previous, like years, previous iron deficiency. And that was all because, again, back home visiting, my mum being the great mum that she is, was like, maybe you should go and just check on your levels, you know, it's sort of confusing and expensive in the US. So you're back home, they'll probably just want to check you're okay and and that. But it really was that pull on a thread that ultimately just unraveled to be this ticking time bomb, so fortunate to be okay and to, you know, be alive, basically. And that was just something that I could never have predicted happening. And it sent me into this real questioning, you know, this real sort of zooming out and thinking, holy crap, okay, well, one, I now have this thing forever. And that in itself is is scary and dangerous. But, but two, I could have, you know, something could have happened, like based on the data, something should have happened and the fact that it didn't was sort of a double whammy of a wake-up call and it really sent me you know for the rest of that break just into asking the deep questions you know what if I didn't have as long as I was expecting and the time frame for me at the at the time was actually because of doing the stupid thing of googling the condition that I have which is called PNH for short um, but that will bring up the names like this horrendously long proximal nocturnal hemoglobinuria thing um And when I first Googled it, what popped up on the John Hopkins website was that the median survival rate after diagnosis is 10 years. And at the time, I was 25, just about to be 26 a few months later, sitting thinking, holy crap, what if I've got until I'm 35, you know, or less? And so it was really through that sort of, yeah, that lens of that 10 years that I just started to ask myself, what would I want the next 10 years to look like? Like if I knew for certain that that was all that I had, what life do I want to create in that time? What impact do I want to have? And, you know, now suddenly what would I be less fearful of doing? Um, Because, yeah, maybe where before fear had held me back, it now was completely sort of re-anchored and flipped to not doing that stuff. And so, yeah, it was a huge wake-up call that was a little bit more messy and, and scary than a wake-up and have an epiphany which I so wish it was but it was really working through the kind of the mud of all of those questions and the emotions that came with that and then trying to piece together a plan as to what that could look like and and yeah it was all of that kind of stuff but you're so right that it really was waking up and at least making the decision to just commit to creating that life rather than going back to what was comfortable incredible in terms of enjoyment of living in San Francisco, but just not giving me that fulfillment of really feeling like I was harnessing my full potential. And so the decision that that woke me up to was just to commit to doing that and creating that rather than potentially letting fear hold me back inside in, you know, in my comfort zone. So you're totally right. There was a huge wake up call and a big decision that led to many, many more.
0: And it it sounds to me, and this is like, I I actually love the story you just told because it sounds like, like obviously being diagnosed with that was a huge struggle in your life, but it kind of got you out of your comfort zone, which catapulted you, I assume into the, you know, the whole coaching program you designed, the Unleash Extraordinary.
1: Yeah, totally. Like it's, it's one of these things that, and, you know, I'm not sure if you've experienced one where you sort of at the time think to yourself, you know, why me in such a negative way, right? You're sort of angry. And and the thing that I have is such a sort of lightning strike condition. It's, you know, roughly one in 1.3 million people have it. And so it wasn't even something that I could... Comprehend from, you know, data or being familiar with in terms of, Oh, I know so and so that had that. This was like, you know, swooped off to this rare specialist and really having to like ask the tough questions because we had no idea what this thing was. Like we'd never heard of it before. And the scary thing is that most doctors I would speak to other than this specialist, thank goodness, had never heard of it before. So it's, you know, sort of that terrifying. What the hell do I have? Um, but you're so right that now looking back. I would not be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't for that, which is the craziest thing. And, you know, that why me from the negative really started to, perhaps by choice and survival, you know, turn into why me from a good sense. You know, I wonder why this is me and what is this meant to to turn into. And, And I always turn back to the Steve Jobs quote of connecting the dots, you know, that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking back. Because you know, if you told me that from a young entrepreneur or me, you know who at the time adversity to me was like that that business didn't get to where I wanted it to, you know, and I was like at the time twenty two having run that business for around two and a half to three or so years, the adversity was like, "Oh my God, my dreams have crashed around me, never anything to do with my mortality and then fast forward you know ten or so years later and Thanks to that business, but also moving into the product world. Like that's really what's created the concept of Unleash Extraordinary and the content that we cover. So without that, and then without the wake up call, this really wouldn't exist. And if I hadn't have had the wake up call, I'd probably still be building a product somewhere. And yeah, it really is one of these, you know, when you kind of step way back and look at the dots that connect together you really cannot connect them looking forward because you just can't predict what dot is going to appear next and yeah so you're so right that it was this negative that really by choice but also i think by yeah survival i tried as much as possible to just flip into this positive and and think about it through that lens of okay if i've got this for a reason like how can i use this for for good and really create a positive impact with it versus always be feeling not great about having this and worried and, and that kind of stuff, but really more use a wake up call to help other people.
0: Yeah. And I think that's super inspirational. Like I, I always love those stories and, and that is like the perfect example and kind of what it leads me into is the Unleash Your Extraordinary. So for the people listening, like what exactly is that? Like what do you do and, and how how has it gone? Like have you had success with it? Like where are you staying with that?
1: Yeah. Awesome. Um, Well, first, thank you for asking about it. Yeah, it's um So it's evolved a lot over the last year. I started about a year ago. And as I sort of mentioned earlier, it started as this workshop, because in honesty, as soon as the idea landed with me, one, I had to overcome my own inner narratives around it of like the whole, oh, my gosh, who am I to do this? Or, you know, what if nobody wants to talk about what's holding them back and actually start to work through it? And so the first step for me was to take that initial idea and just turn it into something, right? Put it into some form of delivery, like a workshop or an article um, and just test if it would if it would fly basically would people find it helpful and so the first iteration was this in person workshop which typically lasted around 90 minutes to 2 hours and we is very similar to what we do now but it's it's way stronger now i hope um with the sort of learnings over the past year and the first one was around eight people and then a couple of workshops later the largest audience so far has been 70 which was insane yeah. at a conference in Amsterdam um and like beyond anything i could have expected it was just yeah, that, was, that really blew me away. And then it more and more I realized, okay, there's like a need for this and, d- and a demand for this. And so maybe a way to grow it and to reach more people so that they don't have to be in London or be free on this certain date and able to travel to a place is actually to turn it to an online delivery. And so now the elements of the workshop have now become a part of this online program. So now it's really like an intimate and immersive group coaching program. So the groups typically are around five or so people. At maximum, there'll be eight um, so that we can really work deeply together. And it's ultimately designed to help you gain clarity on what the life you want to create looks like. Identify the limiting beliefs, the negative narratives, you know, the stories that we tell ourselves, the beliefs that are driving our behavior that could prevent you from achieving that and taking action towards that and then one by one we work deeply to ultimately deconstruct and and break through those using this product mindset which is all about testing our assumptions running experiments and rapid iteration which when in the program is used to apply to ourselves so when we look at to provide a bit of an example when when we're building products as i'm sure you know Rapid iteration, for example, would be that you have an idea for a feature, let's say, as we're using Skype, actually, like, as I opened this up today, it was a new version of of Skype, and I'm sure that to get to that new version, they would have tested it with some users, looked at what worked, what didn't, and applied that. They would have iterated on it to then create probably a version 1000 and whatever. And so in Unleash Extraordinary, the concept of that is, what are the beliefs that are driving our behavior that might be based on false assumptions? So, again, as an example, a common one is I couldn't do that. You know, we'll think of something we want to do. And then what tends to land in next is the negative self-talk of, oh, no, but I'm not the person to do that or I couldn't do that or I wouldn't know where to start. And the concept really is let's draw that out. Let's identify that first of all, build some awareness around it and then start to question it. Because if we don't, we'll act accordingly, right? We'll never try, or we'll try, but it will be somewhat expecting to fail anyway. So we're holding ourselves back, you know, even in that. When actually, if we start to pick it apart and question and think, okay, well, if I couldn't do that is actually an assumption I'm making, how would I test that? What would be the first step? What would it look like if I was someone that could do that? And how do I start to build that up? So that ultimately the end of the eight weeks, so it's the workshop first, followed by group coaching calls for the rest of the program, and then a one-to-one to to finish at the end. We're just working through those. And as people each, every two weeks, which is how often we meet, are going off and putting these tools and techniques into practice, there's always new things that that crop up. And so we really use the eight weeks to kind of go through that journey of exploration and and the new stories that come up so that by the end, we've really tackled the deep-seated deep and sort of heavy beliefs that can really drive how we think and and therefore how we act and yeah, how we talk to ourselves, which can be so negative for something that when we step back and think about that, like we'd never speak to somebody else that way, you know, but yet we're comfortable to sort of put ourselves down and and question our potential and, and abilities.
0: You know, if I'm listening to this, whether no matter where I am in the world, like is this course for me, is this is this program for me? Like is is it designed for business people, is it designed for everyday people, young people, or is it like is it open for everyone?
1: It's definitely open for everyone. And that's really the way to actually create like minded groups, which is also a big passion of mine, is to bring together people who are particularly passionate about certain areas or share similar interests, such as the role that they do. For example, my background being product management. So maybe it's a group of product managers will come together and I'll form each group into a certain cohort. So the start of each program will be you know, staggered. So for example, we might have a group that will be five product managers from all different areas of the world. You know, San Francisco, New York, London, um, that kind of stuff has been a few. And then it could be entrepreneurs or freelancers. And so my my focus, I'll be honest, when I started this was really on, on women and women in tech specifically. Right. And the more that I've held these workshops and started coaching people I've realized that so many more people than you know women in tech which represents a lot obviously but there's so many people including men who actually would turn up to the workshop would want to come and do this work and so I just don't want to exclude anybody that's hungry to do this personal development this this growth work but it's really making sure that they're in the best group possible so that not only do they experience a really deep sort of and you know relatable like-minded group but then they actually stay friends afterwards like that would be my dream is that they then are lifelong you know friends following following the program because we have a whatsapp group we have you know a way to stay in touch in between calls and for that just to be something that you come for the program for the individual work but you leave with this you know five fellow ambitious individuals who are going to go through the same struggles because they're on the same path and you've got that you know for life if if you choose to
0: and that that brings me to my my next thing that I'm kind of you know sitting here listening to you, thick, and I think you're brilliant, by the way. Is what I want to ask is like, has your motivation changed from the beginning to the middle to now? Like,
1: yeah, it's a good one. Gosh, um, I think so. It must have. I mean, it's a great question because I've never really thought of that.
0: Because you mentioned me you mentioned you know at the beginning, like you wanted to make a difference, and that is something yeah. you really wanted to do. And then you just brought up the WhatsApp group, so it sounds like building these relationships you know you are making the difference now is something that's actually motivating you and it's not something uh, you actually spoke of at the beginning i think you're so
1: right and it's funny when you asked the question i actually thought of the motivation in terms of um seeing the struggles almost which is sort of what was coming to mind but you're so right in terms of like the positive and my own struggles i mean in terms of what i've what potentially holds me back so it's almost like to make that a bit more real at the very beginning if i'm honest i had no idea if this was gonna help people or really take off and so because it has, I feel like each step has been a little bit unorganized. And so for me to sort of even think of having those awareness, I guess, of those motivations, I'm sure they've been there, but I just don't know if I've actually, I mean, even now, I'm like pinching myself telling you about how it's been and, you know, the groups that we're working with and the teams that I've been lucky to work with. And even that 70 person conference, each step is like, surely this isn't happening to me. You know, it's like, surely this isn't something that so, yeah, that's a great question that I probably need to reflect on more deeply. But you're so right that the relationships is definitely one that's emerged into my awareness, which really backs up the wanting to help people be their best self. And what's really inspired that, I think, is actually a big lesson I've learned or a common theme that I've seen through the workshops and the one to one coaching that I do is that so many people feel alone in this you know, struggle with self-confidence and self-doubt and you know we really feel like we can look out especially with social media which isn't always helpful we can look at others and think that they've got their stuff together right they know exactly what they're doing they're nailing it and that really reinforces this feeling of oh gosh well then i'm the only one that's struggling with this or or we're in a meeting with someone and they come across really confidently and because we look at them on the outside as being really confident We assume that because we on the inside are feeling really nervous about saying something next, that they're just, you know, they've got a different DNA or something, you know, something that's working differently. And so the relationship piece has probably come since I've learned that, to be honest, since I've realized that we so share the common struggles and the common beliefs that actually if we can talk about them more and shine a light on them more and remove the sort of shame of feeling nervous or Um, you know, questioning who we are and, you know, all of that kind of stuff that comes with it, we can start to kind of just put it out there and build the tools to move beyond it more than we've done before. Because it's until we've actually got the awareness of what's driving us and why we're behaving in a certain way. And if we can track that back, oh, okay, it's because I actually don't think I'm good enough to do this. So that's why I'm acting that way or thinking that thing. It's with that awareness and the relationships with others that we can then actually build the support to just see this as an ongoing journey
0: and it's so funny that you bring up the social media thing because i i, I was kind of like envision it in my head like up like the boardroom and you know you're looking at the person across the way and like you're thinking like oh they get everything together and they're looking right back at you thinking oh man that guy's got it all right back together but <laughs> yes. independently they're both so insecure on the inside and it, it's just this funny thing because online you see the result you don't see the grind like I know uh, something that I, I read the other day, it's like everyone wants to be LeBron, but no one wants to wake up at 5 a.m. and shoot hoops every day. So you always see the result yeah. and not so much the grind. And it is super important to have that in mind. Something else. So I was going through your feed the other day and I saw something that I really liked. It was a uh, commitment to be more present, which I think is super important. Mm-hmm. And it re- actually reflects back to a post that I made called Focus and Prioritize. And the whole concept is like you decide in what you're focusing on. And when you make that decision, you, you're all in on it. So, I just want you to talk a little bit about how you feel about you know being present in the moment and why that's important, yeah, absolutely. And that
1: one in honesty was one of the biggest shifts that I've made since that wake up call since basically deciding, okay, something's gonna change, and I don't know where I necessarily felt like I was doing it wrong before, but you know when you know you're out for coffee with someone or you're even like just walking along with a friend. And I actually had this yesterday where now I'm sort of on a radar for this whenever I, whenever I see it, I almost want to call people out, but like it's just such a, you know, rude thing to do. Um, but I was in, I was just grabbing some lunch and there was two ladies on the table next to me and they were obviously there together. I think they were visiting London and they weren't even speaking to each other. They were both on their phones and that is so normal now, right? Like we could look out in most restaurants, most coffee shops, most high streets or, um, you know, sort of, I realize that's a very UK term, like, you know, most cities as we're walking down, like the main um shopping centers, that kind of stuff, the malls. And really, you know, everyone is walking around looking at their phone, like how the hell do we not walk into more stuff or just like, you know, and it's just for me, I don't know what it was that triggered it so much, but it very much became, almost a light bulb went off after my diagnosis just to think really how can I squeeze as much out of life, right? Like on a daily basis, And I think the experience of facing my mortality, of which there were a few moments where I genuinely felt like I was going to go like die in the moment. And I think without those, it almost, yeah, it's a tough one to explain, but it's almost because of those moments, it showed me that, you know, I became incredibly present in those moments really quickly because the panic sets in and you're just convinced that that's it. And so suddenly all you're thinking about is, you know, this is going to happen. And so that's that's it. Like you're focused on your breathing, you're focused on your heart rate, or at least I was anyway. And, you know, I suddenly just thought this doesn't feel right, something's happening. And and it was that presence that almost made me think when, I, when it then didn't happen, thank goodness, when, you know, the moment didn't come, that I thought, okay, crap, like I'm going to carry this with me every day and be really present primarily with the people that I'm with, right? Because I want to soak in every minute with them. And I want to... You know, even if I'm with myself and rather than just looking at my phone, I'm going to like let my mind wander and just see what things come up, right? Because it was in that clarity and, and creating that space that the idea for Unleash Extraordinary came about. And, you know, even thoughts around, oh, I wonder what would happen if I email that person, or I haven't spoken to so and so in a while, I'll check in. And if we never have the space for the, those things to bubble up, we just won't think of them, right? So we'll like lose creativity, we'll lose connection as much as our phones are designed to actually try to keep us connected, it's not doing the deep work, right? Like the kind of, you know, it's the light touch, the the check-ins. It's not really actually having a deep conversation where you're really listening to someone and even listening, you know, in between their words almost into their body language to then ask the question that they didn't realize they wanted you to ask but that unlocked something for them. And, and yeah, and it was this whole thread really that just, as soon as I started practicing it, really was a game changer. And it's almost hard to describe until you actually try it. And it's actually really hard. Like it's so simple, but it's really hard to not let your mind wander while speaking with someone or especially if it's like, you know, grabbing coffee with someone and there's a little bit of distraction on around you as people are ordering or other conversations are going on. You know, it's hard to stay fully focused, but really when you do like that other person can tell subconsciously they can tell. And it just, I found it was a real game changer for me from both really long-term friends through to, you know, new people that I was meeting. It was really something that I just won't, won't go back on and practice every day. Cause it is definitely a practice, right? You slip up and you forget and stuff like that. But even in this lunch scenario yesterday, you know, I was just grabbing lunch by myself before a meeting and I caught myself on my phone. And then because I saw these ladies on their phone, even though I was by myself, I very intentionally put it away and just thought, no, I'm going to like sit in this slight awkwardness of eating alone, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to live by this and see, maybe I'll notice someone and and we'll share a smile or something that I would never have got if I was looking at my phone. That was probably probably me
0: messaging you trying to get you on here. (laughs) That's why I took so song to answer. Maybe, maybe. And I was like,
1: no i'm it probably i'm very good at like switching off the notification so i promise you it wasn't you trying to break my presence um no it was um i don't even know what i was looking yeah. at probably absolute rubbish to be honest
0: it makes me think of this like if you go online and you type in shower thoughts there's a million of them they're hilarious but it's a lot of people's best thoughts and it's funny because it's typically in the bathroom when they're disconnected from their devices so it's a direct connection yeah. that like you you said to yourself like You know, your your device is kind of filling your head with white noise. Not a lot of thinking going on, but there is a lot of thinking going on. But it's not a deep thinking. And then, as soon as you disconnect it, that's when your mind starts to really engage and and go to the next level. Which I've noticed for myself, almost all my good ideas come when I'm in the bathroom because I don't have that device with me. It's inspired by things that I pulled from my phone, but the like the thinking part of it comes at a different time.
1: Absolutely, and it's I think as you say, it's an equal balance of both, right? To make sure I can't remember where I read this but it was something along a quote or something about making sure that our that we're using our devices and that they're not using us and wow. obviously that them using us is quite an aggressive thought but you know it really is that okay when do I want to check social media versus I'm going to do it every time I have a moment by myself or five minutes you know before a meeting or waiting in line for coffee it's like actually those moments could be the moments where the ideas are just marinating and sort of bubbling to the surface. And that's possibly why, you know, with the shower, as you say, we just have a longer time to actually let them bubble up because we're not able to sort of spend, you know, sort of two seconds looking at our device here and there in between drops of water, the water hitting us and stuff like that. So it's really, I think it's an equal balance of, as you say, using the device to get inspiration. Like I for sure, am such a huge fan of exactly this podcast. Um, and yeah have it's become something where I will now listen to them more than music and more than sort of most things really but again it's the beauty of not having to just be on the device the whole time it's listening to something getting inspiration but also letting having creating that space so that any ideas that are getting kicked off by that inspiration at least have the sort of space to come to the surface and then that's when we can act on them which is obviously the best
0: and I think if this is something that people want to dive into a little bit further, there's a gentleman, I'm sure you know him. His name's Simon Sinek. He has amazing talks on this exact topic. He's an incredible guy. Like, I I love Simon Sinek. His, his stuff's amazing. Um, so if I'm listening here and I'm thinking, wow, Jess is amazing. Like, I really want to get into her class. I want to follow her online. She's on this amazing journey. Like, how do I do that? Where do I follow you?
1: Yeah, so I'm very fortunate that all of my handles are... Jess Ratcliffe something so website is JessRatcliffe.com and that will tell you all about Unleash Extraordinary and even about how we could work together one-to-one and that's really sort of the work side of things and then socially at Jess Ratcliffe on Instagram Twitter I think even Facebook I have an Unleashed Extraordinary Facebook page but it's sort of a slower burn than the um, Instagram and the Twitter so that's really the main places and And even email if people wanted to get in touch. It's just jess at jessratcliffe.com.
0: And I'll throw those all in the show notes for you. Um, So you can click there if you want to find them. Now, Jess, I'm going to ask you a few simple, easy questions. One of them, who is your favorite influencer?
1: Oh, favorite. Okay, I'm going to go with what immediately comes to mind, Tony Robbins. I've been listening to that guy since I was about 15 years old. And the longevity of his impact just blows me away so Tony Robbins
0: favorite music right now
1: oh I love Motown so again that's exactly what comes to mind anything you know sort of Spotify playlists to do with Motown I am good with Stevie Wonder in particular
0: now I love that I don't consume a ton of content in terms of movies or TV shows but is there anything that you would recommend or do you even watch TV or movies, Netflix, anything like that?
1: Oh, I do. Probably more like totally random stuff, to be honest. What I would recommend, just given sort of the context of our of our conversation, and I'm sure the interest of your listeners, is I shared a talk recently by a lady called Marissa Peer, which the title of it, if you search for her name, Marissa Peer, P-E-E-R, and then I am enough, I've had so much feedback from that talk, which has nothing to do with me. Obviously, I just shared this thing about the concept of how all of our fears ultimately stem down to this fear of not being enough. And she shares stories and techniques which are so simple, but so powerful. And that's something that if you've got, you know, 40 or so minute window, I'd highly recommend watching that talk and and maybe trying out some of her techniques, which yeah as I say it's the thing that I've shared that most people have emailed me saying how is this so simple and yet so you know it's working so I'd recommend watching that
0: I think there's something about simplicity that is beautiful it seems like you know I don't so much now but I used to record a little bit of music it was not good by any means but I always found the simpler it was the more beautiful it was um so I, I love that you made that point now the last thing we cut this off i'm just wondering if you had any last pieces of advice anything you want to share with the audience this is the time to do it
1: last piece of advice i guess actually what i'll what i'll share if um yeah if this kind of feels right i always at the end of workshops will say to people you know feel free to email feel free to reach out and some do but the majority don't because i think there is still something in us that is you know i'm pestering that person or why would they want to hear from me and actually you know being on the other side of this as i'm sure you would say the same, like. I would love to hear from anybody who is you know struggling with a particular narrative right now or feeling like they're they're holding themselves back from really doing what they could be doing and even just has a question or a curiosity around anything that has come from our chat today that you know even if it's not a fully formed thought but just feel like I'm holding myself back and and we can dig into that deeper and explore it and yeah that's probably my last thought is. It's not pestering, and I would love to hear from anybody that wants to get in in touch and and jam about this stuff. That's
0: amazing. You've been great. This is a really, really good call. I love everything you said. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today, and uh, thank you very much.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. Bye. I hope you really enjoyed that. You know, some people are just easy to talk to, and Jess is one of those people. She's full of insight. I, you know, I just, I love hearing from people that employ such self-reflection and vision and her talking about her blood disease being vulnerable. I admire that so much. She's a purebred entrepreneur, you know, hustling since she was fifteen years old. So I, I absolutely love getting people like Jess on the show. I really hope you guys stepped in under this and I hope you guys have a super good night. Remember, you can email me, Chris at bigres You can find me on Twitter instagram wherever you are i am living there with you please 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 can i get a please review this on itunes it means the world to me if you enjoy my content thank you so much